Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to The Platform. I'm your host, Chad Baltrip. Every Monday through Friday, we're doing our devotionals together. We take a few minutes to read the Bible, make some observations about what it says, and then we pray those verses back to our Heavenly Father. And today we're going to continue in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to be in chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. And the reason why we're in Thessalonians is because the theme of the entire verse, is, or not the entire passage, not even bigger than that, of the entire book, is to stay on target. And so through this season of social distancing, how can we how can we continue to be spiritually intimate with God and one another? I think this book has some unique things to say about it, this letter of Paul to the church at Thessalonica. So let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. It says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus Christ. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this manner, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. And that first verse, first, first two verses, it talks about we ought to walk in a way that pleases God. You know, I'm always amazed when a movie captures a spiritual truth that's just really simple. And, you know, movies are trying to do that more and more. They're trying to be profound in the middle of their entertainment. And I wouldn't suggest that movies are a great source of profound spiritual truth, but sometimes they stumble on something that just happens to parallel what Scripture already says. And my, I was watching uh, Frozen 2 with my kids the other day, and I think it's one of the songs they sing, and it's absolutely one of the themes of the movie, that whatever you do next, make certain that you do the next right thing. Whatever's next, whatever your next choice is, your next word, your next action, your next act of courage, your next... Whatever your next step is, that, that their encouragement in that through that whole movie, the theme is you should just do the next right thing. And I think they stumbled on something that Scripture has been teaching for years and years, that as we follow God by the power of His Spirit, because of what God has done in us and through us, and sometimes even in spite of us, we're going to take a next step. And in that next step, we should simply choose the next right thing. Verse 1 and 2, finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you, exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us, how you ought to walk when you take your next step. Can you possibly do the next right thing to please God? For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. And then he puts something very specific on it. He talks about our sexual purity. He talks about the, the purity of our thought life and of our physical life. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That idea of sanctification is that, well, at Philippians chapter 1, it says that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And uh, Hebrews chapter 11, Romans chapter 12, they're, they're just these moments, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, there are these moments when it makes it clear that, that, that God, Jesus, Hebrews 12, he's the 
author and the finisher of our faith. And that sanctification process, it's that process by which God draws us to himself so that each day we have this possibility of drawing closer and closer to him in our daily walk with the words we choose and the actions we use, the words we use and the actions we choose, that we would be be more and more like him each and every day, that we would imitate Christ and that that we would come close to him. That's what sanctification is. It's that process, not sometimes it's a discipline process of God going, man, you really missed this one. You messed up. But it's not usually, it's not always a difficult discipline. Sometimes it's like a father with his son, putting his arm around his son and drawing him close and saying, son, I love you and I want what's best for you. And see this thing right here? It's like he points into our heart. Let, let's work on this. Let me help you with this. We can do better here. And let me let me show you how. By my spirit, let me show you how I can pull this temptation out of you and I can replace it with this hunger and thirst for right, righteousness. And in this passage in particular, he's talking about our passions. He's talking about our physical passions. He says that each one of us should possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. We shouldn't treat our bodies. We shouldn't treat the bodies of others as something small, as something, as a commodity to be traded. You know, we don't don't think about, I think many of us would find the idea that we would trade people for money or services for people for, for money. I think we would find that repulsive. Yet so often we play on one of another's emotions. So often we step into a relationship physically prematurely before before we have the protection of the sanctity of marriage. God's always made it clear, and I don't fully understand this. I just know what I see in Scripture, and I know what I've experienced in my own life with my, with my marriage, is that God says about our sexuality that inside the context of a marriage between a husband and a wife, that our sexuality is beautiful and blessed. And really the expression of our sexuality in that context between a husband and a wife in the context of marriage, not only is it beautiful and blessed, in some ways it's an act of worship because we're being obedient to God in the way we use our bodies and the way we glorify God through the way we treat someone else. And I don't fully understand this, but it's beautiful and blessed inside that context. But outside that context, our expressions of sexuality outside the context of a husband and a wife in the, in, in the covenant of marriage, outside that context, any expression of our sexuality is less than blessed. And it says right here, in this moment, it's not about whether or not you agree with me or disagree. It's not about what your background is or your experiences. Verse 8 says, therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man. We're not talking about rejecting what society says or what psychology says or rejecting what what anyone today is saying. It says, therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. You see that last phrase, he's given us his Holy Spirit. Why? Because he didn't call us in uncleanness. He called us in holiness. Why? For our sanctification. So that each day we cannot simply experience the forgiveness of God but we can grow in his righteousness that with each passing moment as a believer in Jesus Christ, empowered by his Holy Spirit, we can walk in a way that draws us closer and closer to him, not in the impurity and passions of our flesh, but in the purity and in the holiness 
that can only come through the power of the Holy Spirit, not because we're doing good on our own, but because of what the Holy Spirit has done. We have been made good because of what God has done in us and through us, and like I said earlier, maybe even in spite of us. And so today, Paul is pleading for the purity of the people in Thessalonica. And let me just plead for your own purity. I don't know what your struggle with temptation may be, but can I assure you of this? Faithfulness gives us a front row seat to all the promises of God. And whether we like it or whether we understand it, God has made it crystal clear in his word that our physical relationship with other people, if it's going to be a sexual relationship, that it is in the context of a marriage relationship, a covenant relationship between a husband and wife, that is the space where our sexuality is blessed. Those physical expressions of sexuality are blessed. And outside that covenant marriage between a husband and wife, it is less than blessed. Actually, more specifically, he would say, you've rejected his ways in a way that is going to hurt you. It's going to defraud your brother or it's going to defraud your sister because you are practicing your sexuality in a way that simply doesn't honor God. And so today, how will you be sanctified in your spirit? Will you surrender all of who you are, not simply your heart and your mind? Will you surrender your body to God and say, God, today... I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to reject lust. I'm going to reject the the hungers and the desires of the flesh. And I'm going to do that because of the power of your Holy Spirit inside of me. By your Spirit, I will overcome this temptation. By your Spirit, I will honor your word. And I will will surrender to your sanctification in my life. Let's take some time to pray that back to our Heavenly Father. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the fact that I don't have to work hard for purity because you, by your Spirit, have made me pure. Now, because of the purity and the holiness that's provided by your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give me the strength and the courage and the boldness to walk in it. I pray that every time I face the temptation of lust today, that you would let me see that for what it is, that I would reject the temptation, and that I would follow you that my next step would be a step of obedience, that my next breath would be a breath of surrender, and that every time I face that temptation, God, would you replace that temptation in my, in my life with a hunger and a thirst for righteousness? Would you help me, Father, to simply surrender to you? And would you do that for everyone who's listening, whatever the temptation may be? Would you remove that temptation, take away that hunger and that thirst for sin and replace it with a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. We love you, Father. And today we ask these things in your name. Amen. You know, I'm glad you make time each day to join us. and I hope you'll subscribe so that you can catch future episodes. And I hope you'll help us connect with other people by rating and reviewing this episode or pressing like, leaving a comment or sharing it with a friend. You can also catch more devotional thoughts every day through our partner podcast, Follower of One. It's available everywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the platform.